0: You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our goal every single week to bring you content that is not just spoken to the rural church, but is spoken by people who get it, people who have lived there, ministered in these contexts, and who are fully acquainted with doing God's work in a small place. If you find yourself as a bivocational pastor, a deacon, a Sunday school leader, or just someone trying to do God's work in the small town you find yourself in, we are here to equip you and encourage you. I am your host, Joe Epley. And today, our guest is going to be Pastor Jim Letzenheiser. He's got quite the story for us today. Uh, he's had a, a long and fruitful ministry career and has had the, uh, just some unique opportunities in chaplaincy and and working with a Christian school and even coffee roasting. And these are three things that that look like they're wildly different, and yet they're all called ministry, and I'm excited to hear his story. Uh, but first, as we do um, every week, I just want to say hello. So, um, Pastor Jim, how you doing, sir?
1: Doing well. I'm doing very well. Thank you for inviting me to do this. Appreciate uh, the time to be able to share.
0: Absolutely. And we're looking forward to having you share. I know that uh, when you and I spoke over the phone, uh, it was a really great story and I was really excited to dive into it. So uh, the first thing I want to ask, and this is what we ask everybody when they get on the podcast, is um, could you maybe, you know, give us the fly overview of, of maybe your background in ministry and your connection to the rural church?
1: Yes. Uh, well, my dad's a pastor. He, he Back in uh, 1950 or 51, he went to Bible college and uh, in uh, Texas at Southwestern Bible College. And uh, from that point on, uh, he took a small church there and next to Waxahachie called Middle Lothian And he kind of took that on. It was like a rural church and uh, a uh, district church and and then uh, from there, I, w- I was uh, three or four, or five years old when dad moved to Gordon, Nebraska. And, and he uh, took a church there that was just a church plant. And it, it was a small, very rural church in Gordon, Nebraska, which was just way up in the sand hills. And we spent four sure. years there at-, at that church in Gordon. And then from there, uh, he moved down to a small community, a little bit little bit uh, smaller than gordon it was a staple in nebraska and he took that church which is also a small uh, plant and uh, district church and we lived there in this building in the back side of the church and uh then from there he went on to a, a community called taylor nebraska 280 people that's actually where we stayed the longest and that's where i, I grew up from about the sixth grade through the 12th grade and uh, lived there until i graduated from high school so I've been involved with all those rural churches and that's what my dad did. And that's what we kind of did as a family. We did it all together. And so that's basically what I knew was rural churches. I know I always ask my dad, uh, why don't you just put in for a big church somewhere? And (laughs) he's, you know, Jimmy, I don't think I want to do that. So,
0: uh,
1: (laughs) you know, he just had a call to, to really minister in those small communities.
0: Yeah. And that's hugely valuable. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think it's really cool when we get the opportunity to see rural as something generational and as something that's kind of passed on. Because for me, uh, I'm I'm first generation as, as far as pastors go in my family, but also uh even for connecting to the rural church, it's not something I that was that I was born with in a sense, you know, it's not something I grew up around. Um yeah. but why don't you tell us maybe about so after that, you know, obviously that's the context you grow up in. Um, but when did when did your pastoral ministry start? And how long have you been doing what you're doing? Where are you at now?
1: Well, you know, uh, after uh, we were in Taylor and I graduated from high school, well, I went to Evangelical College and I uh, went to for one year down at Evangelical College. I, you know, as I was growing up, you know, I was with the church. And, you know, everybody said you got the same name as your dad. You're going to be a pastor. And, you know, to me, it was like uh, I didn't want to just say, all right, that's going to be. I didn't have much right. choice. I I did uh, graduate, went to Evangel. I loved electronics. I really wanted to get involved with that, and went to Evangel, which didn't have a lot of electronics, but what oh, uh, sure. <laughs> did there, and uh, spent a year there. That was during the Vietnam War, and and uh, and got back uh, home on the summer break, and and got to looking at things. And uh, my dad was very involved in the missions. A maps program he actually did the first maps program down in oh, the bahamas cool. there's ever done and so i came home and got involved with that we did some missions went to honduras and uh and we got uh other trips and so uh get involved with that then uh went off to the navy it was, it was, they said i was going to be drafted so i went off to the navy and uh Signed up for six years because they were going to offer electronics, and uh, oh sure. So uh, I took uh, six years of uh, got into submarine force during the Vietnam War, and and uh, spent six years there, and got a real good education in electronics, and uh, finished that career and came back to O'Neill, Nebraska, where my dad had moved from Taylor, and uh, the last town, and it was a little bigger town, and uh, O'Neill was. Uh, three thousand some, and Taylor was sure. two hundred. So you're from two hundred and
0: sixty, that that's the big city right yeah. there. You really made yeah. it. You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So that's uh, I know it's still rural, but for us it was big, big time. So, but I came yeah. back, and in 1974 to to visit my folks after the Navy didn't have plans to stay in O'Neill, and uh, spent some time here. Dad was involved at church here at, at O'Neill, and uh, you know. Uh, I was doing good until I met my wife, Janice, and mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden, everything began to change. You know, it's like sure. I met her, and and um, what a beautiful girl, but, you know, that she was a woman. And, and we ended up getting married, and then I said, well, we'll stay a little bit longer. Uh, decided to uh, stay for a little bit, and then we had plans to go to Lakeland, Florida, to the Bible College down there. But while we we're there and coming back, uh, the way things worked out, Dad was in the— doing another church plant here in o'neill and so i stepped in to help him with that in the construction because through the years that's kind of what, what dad did and we did uh, in the ministries was was did a lot of construction and building so ended up uh, here uh, coming out north of town and, and planting another church and we began to minister through the church and uh and this time went by and, and days went by years went by i raised my family here and now it's uh, been about forty nine years since I came to O'Neill. Wow! And it was in um, nineteen ninety seven that my dad had a stroke, and at that time I'd been working in a lot of ministries, and so at that time then I became the the, the head pastor, and for twenty we go on twenty six years now. I've been the lead pastor here, so.
0: Wow, man, that's a cool story. I've always uh, been intrigued by those who who seem to have lived a, an entire life before they even got into pastoral ministry. And I, yeah. I want to say, you know, for sure, thank you for your service. Obviously, uh just showing your respect as a veteran and, and those things and uh and what a career, man. And, and that's even before you got into pastoring. I mean, that's huge. Well, I want to dive into uh some of the things we mentioned on the phone because one of the things I love about the rural church is you kind of End up doing things right, like you don't always set out to do them. You kind of stumble upon them, and one thing leads to another. Just like you said about your story, you know, you said I will stay in O'Neill a little bit, a little bit, and forty-nine years later, you know, here you are. Um, But, but three things you mentioned to me, and we'll take them in order. But you mentioned uh, that you served as a chaplain. You mentioned uh, kind of helping run a Christian school, and and now even eventually, even at the age that some might call retirement, you know, you're still kind of looking in coffee roasting and doing these awesome things for ministry. So let's take those one at a time. Um, how long have you been chaplain, or how long have you been serving, or did you serve, I guess, as a chaplain?
1: You know, back in uh, 1997, uh, when my dad uh, had a stroke and I took over the ministry here at the church, uh, we were still doing construction work, which was a big part of our, has been part of our whole family. I have three brothers. And uh, as part of the construction, we worked and built the church and, and the, in in the, now the school. But uh, back at that time, after I took over, you know, I, I just it felt the Lord calling it, that uh, he put me in this place. It was a definite call that we had received. And and then I'd been praying about, uh, you, you know, how can we, uh, what can we do here in, in this community of about 3,000 or so and to reach more people, you know, Sunday mornings uh, in, in these rural towns, you know, you have the families that, that have been mm-hmm. part of this for a long time and you have people that uh, the different churches in the community and and they've just kind of you know they they've been there and and so just being able to find people to reach out more and be able to share the gospel more i was praying about that opportunity to to do that and uh through that uh i got a phone call from the local they have a valley valley hope uh, drug treatment center here which oh, sure. is a pretty large facilities of to, to several states and they called and said, hey, would you be considered coming out and doing chaplaincy? And and to me, it was like, that's probably what I was looking for. I was maybe looking for something else, but they said, well, come out and visit. And I did and uh, visited them. And uh, really, the Lord opened my eyes to a tremendous ministry that was right here that we could get. I could get involved with. And so I began doing that in 1997, and <clears throat> I still do it. I've been there two weeks oh, ago. Really? I go Occasionally, but actually sitting down with people, uh, was really struggling the real hurting people that are, that seem to be out there, that but just don't come to the church and and this and we just don't have that contact those those hurting people that uh, really needed to know about the Lord. We had the opportunity; they have a spiritual based program, and we had, I had the opportunity to. To share with people if they didn't believe in a God or, you know, they needed a higher power or something, I was able to share about the Lord with them. And, and uh, actually, that ministry became so uh, effective, actually, you know, through that program, uh, a lot of them came out to church on Sundays, uh, you know, when they were here. But through the, the time I spent with him at the in the offices, I was actually able to lead more people to Christ at Valley Hope than I have in my church. Wow. It was just, there's, they were so desperately needing something. And, you know, it was a great place, and it was a great ministry to be able to um, just reach out and be there for them. And so that, I got involved with that, never planning to, you know, get too too much into oh, sure, it. Really, sure. It really became... Uh, uh, up to 30 hours at sometimes a week, and I've done that for 21 years uh, in the in the chaplaincy, and uh, just amazing stories <clears> of <throat> the lives changed and that. So I just you know it's just God gave that to me at that time in my life to be able to minister. So
0: yeah, and uh, and honestly, I love you know I, I'm always I'm always learning from the stories of people, and I I just can't think of how tried and true that principle is of. When, when we want to share Jesus with people, well, we're going to go to the people that need Jesus, you know, and and, and I love right. what you said, where you said like, hey, it wasn't really the opportunity I, I was looking for. And yet, you know, it was the opportunity that, that arose And and how many of us as pastors could be encouraged to to maybe look at our own opportunities we wish wouldn't arise. <laughs> and yet and yet that's what the Lord's doing, you know,
1: yeah. And, you know, and I think it was getting outside of the church walls. And, you know, we've known that. I mean, that's the way we were raised. My dad had that understanding, too, in those little towns uh, uh, that people just weren't coming, you know, just getting out with people looking for other opportunities uh, to minister. And and uh, it's it's outside the walls that they're out there. And uh, they're inside the walls, too, you know, that they're still sure, the minister. Yeah. Goes on right there with the families and all the stuff and the kids we minister to, but there's there's so many opportunities through something you know like that in different different uh, ministries that you can get involved with. So,
0: yeah, well, hey, uh, let's switch gears. I want to talk about another awesome part of your church and your ministry. Um, so you mentioned that that for a number of years, whether you ran it or built it or worked on it or whatever you've done that you have kind of a Christian school connected to your church and the work there in O'Neill. And so can you maybe tell us about, about that ministry and maybe what the Lord's taught you through it?
1: The ministry actually started about forty five years ago, 40 years ago or forty four oh, wow. not exactly, but it was through my dad and his vision was is to uh to educate children and uh, have a place for children to go to school. And so you know there was a time in in the seventies and uh 80s in there where there were a lot of Christian schools starting up across the nation. And uh, oh sure, we, we had a pretty nice facility. So we began, <clears throat> my dad and my mom actually was involved with preschool. And, and so they, they had division. The and so we had families that wanted to get a school, a Christian school. And so we began, started that in our church. In a small, you know, just maybe 10 15 students. And um, that ministry, uh, through that, I, my dad asked me to be the administrator. And so I was working with uh, developing a school and planning and doing things. And so it, it became a, a ministry to the, the the community and the people who were looking for uh, education, and Christian education. And so that, that, that began to grow, and we had... Uh, a, Uh, certified teachers we had everything we're state approved and uh, it wasn't real big but then we actually got up at one time to about 35 40 students going along good but then things began to change in the economy and then we ended up going back to preschool and kindergarten probably 20 25 students but that ministry really touched a lot of kids and a lot of families and uh Through that, over the years, it's now grown up to where we have kindergarten, preschool, kindergarten up through the 12th grade now. So uh, we get a lot of families, a lot of kids. Uh, We cooperate with the local school, a public school, which is great. People, we know them in the school. The kids actually take some courses in high school there, and then they come and take courses here at the Christian School. It's Kind of a hybrid, uh, different style of school, but we're able to really touch their lives with uh, teaching the Bible and the scriptures, and, you know, and, and uh, just just ministering to them spiritually. And so that's been a real big part of our, our ministry here in, in O'Neill and in our World Life Church here. So that's, you know, touched a lot of lives through that one.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I, I can't help but think of a. Uh... You know, maybe there's a pastor out there who says, hey, we, you know, we want to kind of get into this conversation. And I can't help but think of how cool it is that you get the chance to teach the Bible in a classroom setting, uh, especially when we look at maybe where biblical literacy is at. You know, I, I've been a youth pastor for a number of years. And if you say, hey, what are the younger generations struggling with? A lot of people will say, well, hey, we're we're, we're having a hard time teaching the Bible and, and finding, you know, people remembering and all those things in a Christian school. Uh, great
1: opportunity and huge touchpoint in the community. So, yeah. And and you know and, and a lot of parents are looking for that. A lot of things have changed, and a public school mandatory things that that are oh, sure. going against the scriptures, and and uh, they're looking for opportunities uh, to you know, you know get their kids involved in, in studying the word and the truth. And so right. we, we've seen uh, several of those, and 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 then also just uh some of the behavioral things and in, in the the schools and the public schools uh, the the bullying and things are' were offering right. them a different atmosphere and so
0: Which yeah that's huge.
1: that's been a great thing for us yeah
0: yeah well uh the cool thing is again we we've, we've talked about you know jim the 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 navy and and then the veteran and the, you know and then you have this whole career and it, you know, it just seems like like you you're like five guys under a hat just doing all these different jobs but <laughs> <laughs> but I want to talk about maybe this last one. So you mentioned, and you can tell us the story a little more, but you mentioned how somehow, some way, you ended up in the coffee roasting business and that you and your family have turned that into a ministry. So share... Share kind of that story, uh, just giving us an overview and maybe share some of the fruit you've seen from that ministry. So,
1: well, you, you know, just looking back through the years, uh, in even in the small towns, uh, there was always something to do, there was always uh, things to get involved with, and uh, you didn't have to look very far whether it was Gordon or Stapleton. That my dad was the same way, uh, th- th- there were opportunities to just get involved with a lot of different things and and, um, we've done it over the years and uh, I hadn't planned to get in the coffee business but I I love to you know I love the concept of being with people and bringing people together you know and and so uh, one thing that you know whatever you can find that brings people together I know it's been a common thing in our church for years is food which yeah uh, yeah. uh, you know know? (laughs) yeah so people get together for food and you know and but uh i was looking at you know basically just started i like good coffee and most people do so we were roasting a little coffee my boys bought me a one pound roaster and i began to roast with that just on a tabletop and then i would pass them out and give them to people and friends, and then people in the church, they want a bag. And so we got to the place where taking 28 minutes per uh, 14 ounces, uh, I was smoking up the house. uh, You know, my (laughs) wife was saying, we got to do something about this. And so my four sons, I think the motivation a lot behind uh, my life is my four sons who are very active. And uh, they always think I'm about 40 years old. They don't realize I'm getting older, but they (laughs) They say, Dad, we can do this, right? So, yeah, we decided to, uh, you know, maybe put together a, a roasting business and uh, ordered a roaster from China, which was quite an experience. And we got this nice six-pound roaster from China, and and be formed an LLC and. And uh, just another uh, business we were taking on. And uh, that LLC uh, began to roast coffee and began to learn a lot about it. But through all that, you know, it it grew to the place where the six-pound wasn't big enough. Now I've got a 40-pound roaster. Mm -hmm. I've got bagging equipment and uh, fill machines, and I I roast approximately a 1,000 pounds a week. Um, Got people working, and once again... People in the church coming in. And I'm hiring them to bag and and um, been involved with that. My son lives in Omaha. Oh, He sure. has four four coffee shops, and so I supply coffee for them, and I supply coffee for a lot of coffee shops and stores in the area. And so, basically, uh, what that does is really puts me out there with a lot of people again. Yeah. And I guess I, I think maybe that's it. I'm a people person. I like being sure. with people. I Like to talk. When we, when we are together, home shows or we're doing tastings and that, you know, I'm talking to people. It's not always about coffee, but it's a way to interact with their lives. And so we, we were able to connect with a lot of people. Then plus, you know, helping other people as they, um, you know, involved in helping them start coffee shops. Sure. And then helping them connect. You know, one of the things I heard about two years ago, I went to a coffee, World Coffee Expo in Boston. I was sitting in on a seminar or a session on from Starbucks and the the gentleman that started that and and his crew were up talking about how his whole goal was to connect people uh through his business and uh you know really and that's that was our goal too in our church is to connect people. And and so this is just another tool it's a one tool it's a fun one it's a yeah. it's a it's a good one people like it.
0: Yeah, but I, I love a good people. cup of coffee.
1: Yeah, so, you know, and I think that's been what is, uh, whether it's uh, construction or whatever it's been, and in, in the things that have done, even in the uh, drug treatment, the chaplaincy, it's just being involved with people, mm-hmm. connecting with their lives in some ways, There's something to bring you together, and there's so many resources, there's so many ways you can do that, so.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, that's kind of what I want to dive into a little bit as we kind of wrap up here. Um, but, you, you know, you look back at this and you look back at the variety of things you've done and and how somehow or another it has all come under this banner of the word ministry and, and what it means to connect people with the gospel. And so what kind of encouragement could you give to rural pastors, you know, who might want to follow in that footsteps? How do you tell them to, to get started in a sense?
1: I guess it just it starts with a call on your heart. To, you know, you definitely got to know God called you to do what you where you're at, and and um, I think that's always been something that uh, even for my dad, as he went from place to place, uh, he always knew And the Lord showed him that He wanted him and directed him to be where he was supposed to be, and knowing that's where God puts you. Number one is, I mean, you're and He's going to be with you, and uh, yeah. through that. Through all of the stuff that happens, and you know, and I've I've shared with you, Joe, about um, you know, there's times in Gordon when we didn't have anything to eat, and you know, and right. how God uh, worked a miracle. Uh, we're sitting there, and Dad says, "Boys, we're, we haven't got anything to eat. Let's pray." And so we prayed around the table, and there was a knock on the door, and uh, Dad went up there from the basement uh, place we lived, sure. and open the door and here's a guy that's considered a town drunk. And he had a box of groceries and said, pastor, just thought you might need some groceries. And so <laughs> and just trusting God through all those things and knowing, going he'll provide. And there's other times when, when there was no knock on the door and there was no, uh, you know, you know, there was no people dropping things off, but then God would uh, get, bring opportunities to go work and do things. And, and, uh, just to know that if he puts you there, he'll take care of you, you know? Mm. And, and that, that's course we sing all my life. He, he's been faithful. You know, I, I, it's a very powerful thing. I, I lived that from the time I was five, six years old and watched my, my family in rural ministries. And there was not a time when God didn't take care of us and Mm. he has blessed us. And we, And now at 74, I have, uh, you know, I look around at what's, you know, through all of this that we went through, and uh, I just blessed beyond measure, absolutely blessed beyond measure, not just because of material things, but because of, of my family, the ministry that's here, the school, all that's touching people's lives I've got 14 grandkids and I've got four, you know, the four sons and all of the the whole family serves the Lord and does ministry wow. somewhere. And so, I mean, I don't know the rewards is, it's amazing, but yeah, you know, Lord, the Lord's with you, but it takes a lot of work, you know? Yeah. It really, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love, uh, you know, I know that, that, we we kind of got to walk over those those last two questions I had on here, but but I, I just love reiterating that for the pastors listening. Uh, it seems like your life has, uh, you know, if I could you know, look at it as an outsider, it seems like you've had plenty of opportunity for the Lord to give you a fresh set of eyes, you know, to just look at what's in front of you and say, hey, what if today serving me meant, you know, chaplaincy and serving me meant pastoring and serving me meant praying and, and God sustaining you with groceries when you didn't have them and and then it looks like coffee roasting. And I I maybe just encourage other pastors tuning in, you know, uh, you need a fresh set of eyes, you know, like the willingness to believe that God will meet you. He'll be faithful. And I even love what you said, Pastor Jim. It wasn't always that groceries just got dumped on your porch. Sometimes, you know, it yeah. was, Hey, there's a house to build, you know?
1: Right. Right. You know, sometimes you're good. You got to go to work. I mean, you know, it's a rural ministry. There's not a lot of money. I remember it, I found a book from my dad in Staple in Nebraska, the, the record of offering that he got while he was there, and he had four children, and uh, Sunday morning would be seventy-five cents, a dollar and a quarter. Gosh, you know, it's just like the mean, wow. that's way sixties, <laughs> and then that, but still, that wasn't a lot. But
0: still, yeah, dollars 60s. and stretching, no matter where you're at, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> It, it takes a, a, a commitment, you know, to, to say, Lord, you know, you're going to get me through this and you'll be with us. And it's just it's exciting to see how he does it. And, you know, and as you yeah. look back, oh, he's been faithful. And yes, yeah, so there were times when it's like, what are we going to do and how are we going to sure. get through this? But 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 it's always and then the the, the amazing rewards of it. And, uh, um, you know, and I didn't mention about it, but I, I think it. It ha- you have to have this heart of compassion. I don't. I don't mm. know what else to say about it. But ministry is not a business. Uh, the coffee business I do. The the the, uh, the Valley Hope. The, the drug treatment. The chap the chaplaincy. Uh, it it's never about the money. It's absolutely right. never about the money. I I I would tell them out the as a chaplain. I'd say you know guys. I'm out here working. You're paying me this much an hour. You know, you know, I'm, I'm leading people to Christ, and 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 they're paying me, and I couldn't believe yeah, it.
0: Yeah. What so, a what a what a blessing, honestly. Yeah, I do so it for it, free, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I can't believe it, but uh, but but you know, just having that heart of compassion, being willing uh, to just to love people, you know, and I think Dad and, and Mom demonstrated that in the small towns where they get up in the morning early and get the car, they drove around gordon nebraska they picked up little kids went in and got them dressed uh stapled and uh, picked up a family these kids were you know the town did you know they just they didn't have a lot of money sure they would every sunday they go out and pick them up they get them dressed and that to watch as they grew up and and one of the boys become a pastor and oh, wow. it's investment that that takes time and compassion and uh, it doesn't happen overnight but yeah you'll see the results uh if you remain faithful and and you know you just serve the lord with all your heart so
0: yeah and honestly uh that's that's where we come at it right like like the scariest thing about living by faith and trusting god's provision is the fact that you you have to live by faith and trust god's provision and yet yeah. and yet somehow your life i mean is a, is a story not of your own success but of the lord watching out for you and and uh man what an encouraging thought to leave us with Well, uh, Pastor Jim, I do want to say uh, thank you for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate the
1: chance to interview you. Well, sure, nice to be part of it and uh, whatever, uh, yeah, just uh, whatever we can say uh, to encourage, you know, rural ministry, you know, we're looking around, we have three churches right in our area now that are open and, um, you know, it's just, it takes special people, uh, rural ministry, special people and a special calling. But boy, what a a great life. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, amazing life to live. So when our family raised out here, uh, knowing people so well and personally, totally blessed. We are totally blessed. So.
0: Absolutely. Well, from all of us at Rural Advancement, we want to say thank you again to tuning into this podcast. Once again, our goal is to bring you content every single week that's spoken, not just to the rural church, but by the rural church, by people who get it, who have lived there, who have labored in in fields that are not forgotten by god and so i hope that you feel valued encouraged and challenged to see the world through a fresh set of eyes and to take advantage of the opportunities god puts in front of you for this week i have been joe eppley your host he has been pastor jim lautzenheiser and we will see you next week